That's going to be our kickoff song this morning in your praise book number 35. I shall not be moved. Raise your hand if you're ready. Oh, praise Jesus' name. Worked pretty good, didn't it? Let's all stand to our feet. Praise book number 35. I shall not be moved. Jesus is my Savior, I shall not be moved. In His love and favor, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree, the man by the water, Lord, I shall not be moved. Sing it. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. No. Welcome, folks. Uh, how many of you shall not be moved? Good. <laughs> All right. That's going to put the moving companies out of business, isn't it? <laughs> Let's pray. So, Father in heaven, thank you for letting us be here today and the joy that we can have together. And, Lord, we just pray that you'll be blessed by our, our joy for you and our, 
our praises, our, pra- our thanksgivings, the music, the fellowship, the teaching. Lord, we just pray that you'll bless it all so that you might be blessed and we might be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's remain standing if you're able, and but switch books. Switch books. Grab that hymnal. Look at 774. 774. And you'll find when the roll is called up yonder. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair When the saved of earth shall gather over upon the other shore And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there When the roll is called up yonder When that roll is called up be seated. Look in that same hymnal, 510. You'll find one we don't do very often. It's an oldie. And we've been practicing on it, so, you know, give us a break here, but we're going to do our best. We're going to put this together. Heaven came down in your hymnal, 510. Yeah. 
that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, there in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I Hymnal 640, 640, you'll see Sweet Hour of Prayer.
sweet hour of prayer I'll cast on him my every care and wait for thee sweet hour of prayer indeed Lord Help us today to just cast every care upon you. Some of us, many of us came through the door with cares, Lord, that we need to uh, just forget about right now. We just need to concentrate on worshiping you and, and receiving the blessings that you want us to have. Father, may we be a blessing to you through Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for our Savior, Lord. We'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, spend about seven minutes telling your neighbor how greatly loved they are. If you are uh, wanting to social distance, then I suggest you do that. I mean, I'll...
All right, if I can get you to sit down, we're going to start. One last hug. He owes you two. I'd collect that after church then. Uh, Johnny, as a matter of uh, as a matter of uh, uh, arithmetic, you owe her one hug after church. Okay. So. Yeah, you're you're behind one hug there. Okay. Yes. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Yeah, it's cooler today than it's been, and in fact, I noticed a few little raindrops on my way to church. So, see what happens. You've got a cat uh, a calendar in your um, in your bulletin that you can check out for what's happening. Um, you'll notice that on the fourth of July, okay, which is coming up, by the way, um, we're going to have a community outreach event since. Eagle Point is not having a parade, and uh, so from 11 to 2, we're going to have a barbecue here, hot dogs, uh, chili, snacks, games, etc., and if any of you want to bring any side dishes in addition to that, that's fine, uh, but we'll provide the hot dogs and the buns and all that kind of stuff, so that'd be kind of fun, and it just gives us an excuse to not social distance. Um, Uh, Wednesday night, we are in the book of Genesis, and we're going to be in about Genesis 26, I think, somewhere in there, 25, 26, so uh, come and eat with us at 6, and Bible study at 645, it's, it's, it's a good Bible study. Um, what else we got here? Woman's Bible study, yes, Saturday, July 11 and 18, 10 o'clock. Uh, Linda Tennyson uh, uh, heads that up, and that's in in the fellowship hall. Also, Flo takes care of the um, prayer list, so if you have anything that you need to add to the prayer list or whatever, you can get. I think her number should be in the should be in the um, bulletin here. If it isn't, we'll get it for you. Sue Campanelli, where are you? Is she not. She's with the kids. Okay. So let's see, it says, calling all kids to a five-day club, June 29th to July 30th. So if you have kids, call her and you can um, and you can get your kids involved in that. Any other, any other announcements? Why are you guys so quiet? Hmm, you're, you're attentive? <laughs> Since when are you attentive, Steve? Uh, let's take our offering, shall we? So, Father in heaven, we do come before you wanting to thank you just for allowing us to have this building and the property to meet at. And Lord, we just pray that this offering will be increased to your glory and to the outreach to this community and to this church. 
Father, we do pray that you'll bless all of the church services around the world today that are preaching your word by means of your spirit, and we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got a phone uh, or hearing aid that's going wild, uh, you might want to turn it down. Look beyond my fault and saw my need. Isn't that a great song? Thank you, Connie. And yeah, it's awesome. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask that you'll bless your word. It says in your word that we gain faith by hearing and doing your word, Lord. So help us to hear your word this morning. And to put it into play in our lives and in the lives of our, of our family and our church, Lord. We promise to give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, since we've been recording, I've been titling my messages. And I always try to um, keep the message current with what's happening not only in the world, but what's happening in our lives. And so I titled this message, Are You Ready for What's Coming Next? Yeah. And the question is, are you ready for what's coming next? Okay. And I'll tell you what's coming next in just a few minutes. You know, we need to put life in perspective. It's short, and we need to ask ourselves, how are we going to live life? And how are we living life and are we, are we going to end up with any kind of a legacy when we end our life on the face of this earth? James chapter 4, I'll be in that for just a minute, but I want to read first of all from Proverbs chapter 5. Listen to what this says here. It says, For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord. He examines all his paths. A man's ways 
are in full view of the Lord, and he examines, that would be God, examines all his paths. In James chapter 4, I'm just going to read a scripture out of there. You don't have necessarily have to turn there. In verse 13, now listen to what this says. James is a half-brother to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the child of Joseph and Mary. And James really doesn't mince any words or pull any punches. He's, he's pretty amazing about what he says. Here's what he says. Now listen, you who say. Now when the half-brother of the Lord and an apostle says, now listen, I suppose we should probably listen, shouldn't we? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Now James gives us an alternative. He says instead, instead of saying, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, life as usual, business as usual, not even taking any thought, he says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. He says, as it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone, now listen to this last uh, verse 17, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Whew. How many times, and don't raise your hand, okay, how many times have you known to do something good, you've been encouraged or the Spirit has convicted you to do something good and you didn't do it and you felt guilty afterwards? You know what I mean? So that's what James says. Let me give you some history. In February of 2020, so that's like what? Three months ago, the economy was pretty good. It was strong. Uh, employment was very low. Uh, we seem to be running uh, pretty smoothly here in the United States of America. And in the span of two months, okay, just two months from that, uh, the economy is decimated. We have a 20 to 25 to 30 percent uh, decline in the stock market. We've got a 20% plus uh, unemployment rate. And now we see things on television, riots and those type of things. I mean, how quickly something can change. And not only just personally in your life, but nationally, corporately. I mean, it's one thing for you know you to get the bad doctor's report or the um if you've got a phone you might want to turn it off okay just just saying um or the bad health report or the bad financial support etc uh things can change in an instant personally and we've seen here this year that they can change pretty quick nationally are you ready for what's coming next? Let me tell you what's coming next, okay? 
There's a, a move by Bill Gates and people associated with him, all right? Uh, he funds a lot of different liberal causes, and one cause he funds is a worldwide digital medical system. You got that? Worldwide digital medical system that if implemented could require mandatory vaccines. Okay? That means that if you didn't allow them to put a needle in your arm, you'd be breaking the law. Well, that's just one thing. How about human sensors? Implanted microchips? High-tech surveillance? Monitoring your movements? Invasion of your privacy? Financial meltdowns? This is something that's scary. A new civil war. Now, you might think to yourself, oh, that's not possible, really? Well, you haven't been watching TV lately, have you? Let me tell you, a new civil war could easily happen. Anarchy, disorder, world government, World War III. You know, it would just take, it would just take a match to light somewhere in the Middle East and we would have World War III on our hands. And that's very possible. China, Russia, the European Union, leftist agenda, maybe a new pandemic, a loss of freedoms, an Islamic caliphate. I mean, there's all kinds of potential things that could come next in our lives corporately, nationally, and internationally, and we're not e I'm not even talking privately here. James 5.5, 5. this is a little verse that we skip over. Listen to what it says. You have lived on earth in luxury. Self-indulgence, you have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. Wow. You know, the church in the United States of America is probably the wealthiest group of Christians in the world, I would say. We're very wealthy as a group of Christians, as a Christian church in the United States. And yet, sometimes I think that we are the most unspiritual of the bunch. Maybe wealth has caused us to be complacent. In Amos chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Woe to you who are complacent. Let me read something to you out of Zephaniah. I'm not going to encourage you to turn there because you might not find it till after the service is over. Okay? <laughs> In my Bible, it's on page 863, so <laughs> listen to what Zephaniah says, okay? Now, Zephaniah is talking, he's a prophet, a minor prophet, and he is talking about the great day of the Lord in Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 14. Just listen. The great day of the Lord is near. Near and coming quickly. 
Listen, the cry on the day of the Lord will be bitter. The shouting of the warrior there, that day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the corner towers. God says, I will bring distress on the people and they will walk like blind men. Because they have sinned against the Lord, their blood will be poured out like dust and their entrails like filth. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole world will be consumed, for he will make a sudden end of all who live on the earth. Wow, that's that's almost terrifying, isn't it? In a way... Let me read something to you out of Thessalonians that will, that will counter this in your minds. I'll be in uh, 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Now, we just read in Zephaniah, okay, what's going to happen on the day of the Lord? God's wrath is going to be shown against all unbelief, against all evil in the world. Now, here's the good news, okay, for us. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. I always mess that one up. I dare you to say that five times fast. You will not make it. Now, brothers, and he's writing to Christian people here, okay? Now, brothers, about times and dates... We do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But, whenever we see a but in the scripture, we look for a contrast, don't we? Okay? Contrast that with this. But you brothers are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let's not be like others who are asleep. But let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Now listen to this verse, one of my very favorite verses among many. And this is a verse that's very important for you to know and very important for you to have underlined in your Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it's verse 9. Here's what it says. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. You got that? God did not appoint his Christian people to suffer wrath. Wrath is coming. We just read that in Zephaniah. We just read that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 following. But God did not appoint us as believers to suffer wrath. It says, 
but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what should this do to us and for us? When we look at what's happening in this world, it should motivate us to get closer to God. Because, you know, folks, you've only got so many days, weeks, months, maybe years on the face of this earth. Maybe. Remember the measuring tape? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring that out again one of these days. Yeah. The average life expectancy, if you average a man and a woman, is about 80 years old. So, if you take a measuring tape and pull it out to 80 inches, okay, then you take 20 years away from that, you're 20 years old, 20 years have passed, you still got quite a bit of time, about five feet, right? But if you're, let's say, 50, now it turns down to about 30 inches. If you're 60, it's about 20 inches. If you're 70, it's about 10 inches. And if you're over 80, I don't even know how you're standing up. I just don't even know how you're still here. Right? Jimmy must have made a deal with the Lord. I don't know. Vance, Jimmy, and all of our friends that are over 80. Why do Christians fail? Why do we fail? I'm going to give you seven reasons why we fail, okay? First is a lack of persistence. We are just not persistent enough in our lives for the Lord. Let me read a few things to you. I'm going to read out of Romans to you, first of all. I certainly don't want to be accused of keeping you too long today. I mean, Pastor PK gets all the standing ovations because he always lets you out early. Mm-hmm. Amen. Here we go. Listen to what Romans chapter 2, starting verse 5 says. Now, Paul is writing to believers at Rome, right? But he's also writing about unbelievers. So listen to what he says in Romans chapter 2, starting at verse 5. He says, but because of your stubbornness. Oh, I know that that doesn't apply to anyone in here. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will give to each person according to what he has done. Now he separates out the good from the bad here. He says this, to those who by persistence, what's the first reason why we fail as Christian? We're not persistent enough. It says, to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he, that would be God, will give eternal life. To those, but to those who are self-seeking, selfish people, self-righteous people, to those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. 
There will be trouble and distress for every human being that does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. We do not want to put ourselves in this scripture of being stubborn and unrepentant. Listen, one of the things that we can do that is very healthy is to confess your sins to God on a daily basis, on an hourly basis if you have to. In some cases, it's on a minutely basis, isn't it? You know, keep a clean slate before the the Lord. Why? Why? Confessed sins are what? They're gone. Okay? They're forgotten. They're done. I don't want to... When I come before the Lord and He is going to examine me, which, which He's going to examine all of us, okay? There is a final exam. It's an exam not that you're going to go to heaven or hell. That's already been determined by whether you believe or not. But it's an exam as to whether you're going to get rewards or not rewards, okay? That's what the exam is all about. I would like to have him find as little fault as he can with me. So I'm hoping right before I die, I'll be able, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I just, uh, what else did I do? Uh, and everything I can't remember, okay? And then I'll kick the bucket, and then I'll be all clean. <laughs> the second thing, the second reason why we fail is because we lack faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we could turn that around logically and say, with faith, right, it is possible to please God. How do you get faith? Right here. This book is full of faith. It's like a checkbook. The more you read, the more faith you put in your account. Faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word. You want to have more faith? Get into the word. Come to Bible class on Wednesday night. Come to church regularly. Have a little devotion or something in the morning. You know, in one church that I taught at, this was many years ago, I gave a challenge. I said, I'm challenging you to five and five. Five and five? What's five and five? I want you to spend five minutes in prayer every day and five minutes in the Word. That sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? Five minutes in prayer and five minutes in the Word. After a few months, I went back and I started asking the folks, How's your five and five doing? You know what they said? Five and five turned out to be 10 to 10 and 15 and 15 because as I prayed, I wanted to pray more. As I read the word, it got more interesting. I wanted to read the word. So now I'm, I'm praying 15 minutes a day and I'm reading the word 15 minutes a day and I will guarantee you this, it will change your life, period. You know, we're all busy. We all got stuff to do. You know, what does that song say? I could be, I could be home doing chores, but I'm, I'm here at church. Yeah, we all got stuff to do, but is there anything we can do 
that's more important than praying and reading his word and being ready to share that with anybody that comes across our path? No. The third reason we fail is that we make excuses. Okay? God don't take no excuses. Sorry for my English. Romans 1.20 says this, and listen to this. It says, For since the creation of the world, so that goes back a long time, right? Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, and His divine nature, in other words, His love, His righteousness, His justice, His eternality, His power, His uh, knowledge, His wisdom, His uh, ever-presence, it has all been clearly seen, being made understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. God's not going to accept any excuse from anyone. We fail because we lack persistence. We lack faith. We make excuses. And you know another thing we do? We don't learn from past mistakes. We don't learn from past mistakes. I don't know about you guys. I'm tired of making mistakes. I really am. And big ones. You know, big mistakes. I don't want to make any more mistakes. And the one thing we need to do, and Paul says is this. He says, you know what? He says, I press on. I press on toward that mark, that high calling of Jesus Christ. I don't look behind. He uses the example of a runner, an Olympic runner. If you ever watch runners, and let's just say that they're in lanes, okay? They start out in lanes and they start running. You never see a good runner running like this. Why? Well, he's going to trip up and fall, isn't he? No. A runner is always like this, looking forward, pressing forward. Might go like this just to see if there's anybody next to him, but he's always looking forward. We need to forget about the past. We need to move on and and enjoy whatever future God has left for us. Go back to your measuring tape. Okay? How much time you got left? If you're 55, 65, 75, 80, you got 25 years left if the Lord don't come back first. That's all the time you have left to make your mark spiritually here with the Lord on the face of this earth. Because once we're done, once we're dead, you don't even need faith. We don't even need faith when we're done. Why? Because we're going to see what, we, what we've been having faith in. We're going to see heaven. We're going to see God. We're going to see Jesus Christ. We're going to see the, the glory. You don't need faith to see uh, uh, those things. We fail because we lack in persistence. We lack in faith. We make excuses. We don't learn from past mistakes. We lack focus. Hebrews chapter 12. Let me read it to you, okay? Not the whole chapter. I could read the whole chapter if you'd like. Listen to what it says here. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us 
and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I just talked to you about a race, didn't I? Let us fix or concentrate our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised its shame, and is sitting down at the right hand of God the Father. The sixth reason we fail is we're unwilling to accept responsibility. Mm. We're unwilling to accept responsibility. Your attitude determines your altitude. If your attitude is bad, you're not going to go very high, are you? We need to accept the responsibility and we need to move on. The seventh and last thing is this, is that searching for God is not a priority in our lives. Jeremiah says it well. He says, you will seek me when you find me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. What did Jesus say? He says the first and great commandment is to love God with 90% of your heart. 55% of your heart. All of your heart. All of your mind. All of your soul and all of your strength. That covers the whole being. Physical, mental, and spiritual. And he didn't stop there. (laughs) Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Who is my neighbor? Look around. That's your neighbor. Well, let me read something to you since we've got so much time left. Out of... (laughs) Ah, I love my job. I really believe that the 20th century church, 21st century church that we live in, okay, is the Laodicean church of Revelation chapter 3. Listen to what the angel received the message from the Lord Jesus concerning the Laodicean church. Listen to this. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, I'm in Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. That's Jesus Christ. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, and this, to me, this, is, this really does um, reflect the church today in general. I'm not saying specifically, but generally. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, and blind, and naked, 
I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Now just in case you don't think that this is written to Christians, listen to what it says. To those whom I love... I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Now listen to me. We use this scripture evangel- evangelically, don't we? You know, the Lord is standing at the door of your heart, Mr. Unbeliever. And he's knocking and he wants to come in and eat with you. But that's not who it's written to. That's true. He does stand at the door and knock, doesn't he? But Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 is written to the churches, the seven churches. So he is writing this to us. And he says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And eat with him and he with me. There's really nothing more intimate than sharing a meal with somebody, is there? Unless, of course, you have a mask on. Then it's really, really hard. I'm just kidding. I'm just... Connie, I'm not picking on you, by the way, okay? She's going to get me. I know she is. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Listen to the rest of it. He says this, to him who overcomes, this is amazing. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. This is Jesus Christ talking. To him who overcomes, I will give them the right to sit with me. Um, That's got to be a big throne. You ever thought about that? I mean, that's huge. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now let me give you seven things that God wants you to know. Okay? Number one, he's in control of all things. Okay? God's in control of history. Number two, he chose us in love before the foundation of the world. Number three, he wants us to live a godly life. Number four, he wants us to act properly. Properly toward each other and properly toward outsiders, unbelievers. Number six, God has a special plan for each one of us. And number seven, he wants our lives to be in order. Let me tell you the order that God wants our lives to be in. It says so in our scripture in Thessalonians that we read before. And we'll finish with this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. I'm going to start in verse 12. It says in my Bible, it says final instructions. Okay? So these are your final instructions for June 28th, 2020. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, 
who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always, or rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, may he sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. I got one more scripture. But I'm going to ask you, are you ready for what's coming next? Are you ready? Second Peter. We'll finish on this one. Didn't I say we finish on the last one? I think I might have, huh? But we will finish on this one because I'm running out of scriptures. Second Peter chapter 1. Listen to what it says. This is really beautiful and it's really good news for all of us, okay? It says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. You got that? His divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. It says, through our knowledge of Him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, through his promises, through his glory, through his goodness, through our knowledge of him, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. You know what that means? That means so that through God's promises you can become more like Jesus. That's what it means. It says this, and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now listen, for, ev- for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love and listen to this last scripture I'm going to read you for if you possess these qualities in increasing measures they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ what do you think I think we need to move on don't you Wow, I got a sitting ovation. (laughs) 
I'm just kidding. I don't need one. No, really. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Let's give the Lord a clap, okay? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good we can meet here and have some fun and still learn something? Yeah. Pray with me, would you? Dear Father in heaven, please forgive me for my sins. Please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Please fill me with your spirit and help me to be the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Johnny, you have a song? All right. So we're going to end with something a little bit special today. Ouch. Um, next Saturday is the 4th of July, Independence Day. So let's stand together. Open your hymnal, hymn number 600. Boy, I don't think I know this one. You'll know it. I will? Okay. You'll know it. You won't think you know it, but you'll know it. Number 600. We're going to sing it through twice. So first time through, you'll figure it out. And second time through, we're just going to lift it up to Jesus, okay? Right. 600. You're going to get your own? He's going to get his own copy. I'm not going to share mine. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all my strength. With all I am, I will seek to honor His commands. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. With all my strength, with all I am, I will seek to honor His commands. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Hey, God bless you. We will be prepared for what's coming next, okay? That's, that's the fact. So, God bless. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you Wednesday night for Bible study. That country song? I've never seen it. Never heard it. Oh, it's a big time country really? song. Really? I pledge allegiance to the Lord. I didn't know.